I don't think that we that we empower. We create the opportunities and the environment for empowerment to come from within, I think. And I think that that's potentially where I changed my mindset a good few years ago, mm-hmm. uh, that actually empowerment um, can be really small, but it starts very much from a belief that you have the reins to your life. Karen is the project director and founder of She Scotland. Karen set up She Scotland after training as a life coach and having had previous experience as an activist in her community and working with community education organisations. Karen has a vision to create a better world for females, so she took the leap of faith and followed her passion. She Scotland supports young girls and women, not just in Edinburgh and Scotland, but around the world, to become more empowered and improve their life choices. And welcome to the Refreshing Change podcast. My name is Nicola Scott and I will be your host. Hello Karen, thank you so much for joining me on the Refreshing Change podcast. I'm so excited to have you here. Oh, you're probably fed up with me, Nicola. I seem to speak to you all the time. (laughs) Not at all, could never get fed up with you. Karen, I know you do so much um, work with young girls and women I've named this podcast girl power and we're going to get some really good topics I'm sure but before we do that just for the benefit of the listeners can you give us a bit bit of a brief a brief background as to your journey and 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 how you got involved in this space uh brief me (laughs) Um, yeah um yeah I started uh doing girls work about nearly 30 years ago now um, and kind of just loved the opportunity to to be empowered myself as well as kind of supporting other people to get that to have that journey Um, so at the moment um, and I say at the moment um, I'm project director and founder of She Scotland so She Scotland is social health and education for uh, for females Um, and our, my journey has been to this point, I suppose, has been about increasing my confidence and my self-esteem and my skills and, and, and meeting some quite big challenges along the way. Um, and the hope is that through the work that we do in She and the work that I've done for many years, that we can help people with that journey themselves and that their journey doesn't have to be as... Um, traumatic or um, life-changing as some of my behest uh, experiences have been. Mm, I love that. In terms of the, it, we'll get into so much of that because I'll, I'll, I'll pick through some of it as we go through the conversation, but kind of this podcast is all about change and obviously we met a number of years ago because we actually trained, we did our coach training together, didn't we? Um, yeah. And you were going through a period of change when that, that was kind of the inception of of she Scotland back then but how has change shown up in your life in in different aspects I think change happens it evolves does it doesn't it like change does is is not it's not static it changes all the time from the moment you get up in the morning you change what you might have for your breakfast or you know what time you actually get up in the morning etc but big change for me is more about mindset and about change in potentially direction, actually. And I suppose that's where I am now is changing direction. Um, and I think that change is scary. Um, change can be empowering. Um, but change is also, when we look back, very good for us all. Um, and it comes from a feeling of frustration or or feeling inadequate at something or changing, you know, changing your self-belief is really important. So I think change for me is about manifesting that change yourself and, and you taking control of change, whether it's a small change to a large change. It's about you kind of harnessing your power through that change. Oh, what a... What a, a solid piece of gold harness your power like I love that and it, you're you're bang on there's it changes such a broad um or I suppose my perception it's such a broad topic it can be tangible change it can be the way we think it can be how we feel about ourselves it can be big it can be scary it can be small it can be in our daily actions but I suppose it's that like you say harnessing your power and taking 
intentional steps mm-hmm. you know to, I suppose to improve your life ultimately isn't it? it it comes back to that joy and happiness and and living a fulfilled life definitely um, and I think that that's something to hold on to as well is that um change can have all of those things you know they can impact on your happiness and your physical or mental health you know and and what's that word inevitably mm. uh, change can be really quite powerful in yourself because of whether the actions you've taken yourself or or directly to your life you know like whatever it might be change jobs or change partners or change whatever you know you're ultimately looking for something different and you're ultimately looking for something better Mm. and taking the reins you said about taking control it's taking the reins of your life isn't it and and engaging I suppose in your own life in that way brilliant um Tan I've been so um privileged to watch the development of She Scotland over the years um like I said when we trained it was just it was at its inception point and it's been your baby for four years now um and the organization's grown and the impact of the work you guys are are doing is amazing and I've been really fortunate to come on board as a director and join the board like I just love what you're all about you talked about empowering females girls and women why is it so important the work you do why is it important that we empower these these women and and young girls I think going back to that and maybe that's the way that I say that I don't think that we that we empower we create the opportunities and the environment for empowerment to come from within I think Mm -hmm. and I think that that's potentially where I changed my mindset a good few years ago Mm -hmm. uh, that actually empowerment um, can be really small but it starts very much from a belief that you have the reins to your life you know you have the power you have the skills you have the experience you have the the you know everything the qualities that you need sometimes we just need to have some they believe in this um, you know, I think it's really important, especially for the girls and, and young women that we work with, because I think that ultimately a lot of the time they don't have those role models around them for whatever reason, or or they do, but they don't see them as role models. They don't see necessarily the females in their lives, whether that be relationships or, um, you know, um, parents, etc. They don't see them as role models. Um, and ultimately look for other role models through, you know, different ways, you know, whether through social media or friendships or whatever. Whereas actually the role models that they have potentially don't see themselves as role models as well. So don't necessarily think that they impact on other people, whereas they do. And, and in she and in the work that I've been trying to do over the last few years is that it's about creating that belief that women have skills and qualities and experiences that we can share and that we can even some people's negative ones are learning or you know are you know talk about that piece of gold that that's that nugget of you know knowledge and all that now looking back on your life to think well if I'd done that again would I do it the same would I change it what would I do and I think that that's what we're trying to do and she is we're trying to one uh, put up a mirror to people and for them to see themselves in a positive way and see themselves as the agent of change you know they they are the ones who can who can make change and they're the ones who create empowerment um both for themselves and for their surrounding you know their friends or their family or whatever or their their community um so i think that um that's really important to empower them to feel like they have a power. And we talk about sheroes. We talk about your superpower being who you are and what you bring and how, rather than what you look like or necessarily even what you can do. It's about who you are, that kind of more holistic, more kind of spiritual, internal kind of person who you are Um, and being true to that person, I suppose, in some ways. Um, which is why I think it's really important um, to help people to do that and find that place in themselves. Mm. I suppose once you've given someone that gift of them being able to empower themselves, that's with them for life. I think that's a really 
good um, differentiation between empowering others where they're going to always rely on that external physical support or environment but that giving someone the gift to empower themselves is beautiful Karen because then they go off and flourish throughout their life with with that that mindset when you talk about change that is that that's that flicking the switch in our brains that still has to be worked on you know I'm not saying that once you do that that that's it you know you've waved your magic wand and it's away it it still has to be worked on daily but I do believe that once you've done that you've gave them the you've gave them the best chance in life, really, to be honest. Um, and that's life-changing, is, is exactly that, you know, and it's and that grows with more evidence of that or more opportunity to see that in action, that will grow for people, like it has for me and it has for you. You know, that, that sense of belief and those skills and all of that that you've learned and that feeling of empowerment um, and especially that empowerment to have that empowerment with other people as well do you know what I mean and to share that that grows and it becomes a bit like you know your glow it's your it's your thing um, so yeah. yeah and the holding the mirror up I think is really um, impactful and it's something I speak a lot about in my coaching is deeply knowing who we are and the earlier in life we can figure all that stuff out you know you know we we can I suppose start make a start on kind of pro- programming programming our mind in the right way, viewing ourselves in a more positive light, um, understanding the assets that we bring, what our superpower is. I, I love all that. So yeah, thanks for sharing all that, Karen. In terms of the, um, you obviously do a lot of work predominantly with females. What are the what would you say is the biggest challenges facing that demographic at the moment in today's society? I've got a list. No, I'm only kidding. <laughs> Go for it. List. I do think there is a list. And I, but when I was thinking about this, I was thinking that the biggest challenge for them is themselves. Mm. Because it starts with you. Do you know what I mean? So if you if you feel like you're not enough if you feel like what you do isn't good enough or worthy enough or whatever then other challenges are going to be massive to you do you know what I mean you're not the challenge of you know like education or or relationships and that are all going to be a massive challenge to you so I do believe that the biggest challenge is themselves because that holding that mirror up, as we spoke about earlier, is, is very uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. It's something that we struggle with is to look internally, you know, and or to take some sort of, I don't know, um, yeah, that mirror of kind of thinking, who am I and what do I bring and where, I'm, where is my place in the world and where is my place in my community or my family or my relationship? And I think that that's really challenging. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you add in all of the other influences that bring challenges um, with, as I say, there are many, you know, you, your peers, your social medias, your, um, your media in general, um, you know, sexism, you know, let's, let's just lay it on thick. And once you've got, that's the thing about it is it feels like it's never ending for females. Mm-hmm. Never ending. The challenges that we have. Um, I was talking to somebody this morning about your menstrual cycle and, you know, how unfair it can feel like because you're thinking, oh my God, like, do you know what I mean? And that's a challenge and and your health is a challenge and, and the world is a challenge. So I think that there's a lot of things you can control and there's a lot of things that you can have an impact on, but the biggest one will be yourself. Mm. Um, and through that process of understanding themselves, and understanding their impact on other people and their opportunities with other people, I hope that that then brings the biggest change with them and has the biggest impact. Because the other things like, you know, I know we've came a long way with regards to sexism and stuff like that, but it's still there, it's still there, it's still just, it doesn't necessarily feel as though it's making any change at all sometimes. Um, so I think start with change for you 
and making yours and that's what the coaching was for me you know that's what I you know wanted to, to happen within when I learned to be a life coach you know I was very selfish in the way that I wanted to be able to utilize the skills for me but also to bring them into my business um, so from that point of view I wanted to make change of self and to others in that way mm. Yeah, there's a couple of things I want to pick up on. And the first one was around mirror work. And I know we, we like holding up the mirror, you use this kind of an analogy, but there is a thing called mirror work where you actually physically look yourself in the mirror and tell yourself, you know, you love yourself or you're enough or whatever that might be. And I'm sure there's lots of people listening at the moment that are kind of cringing and curling up in a ball thinking about that. And it is, you know, something that we, you know, when you start thinking about it, you don't say it enough to yourself do you you know I I love myself but you know like you would do to like a friend or a family member yeah yeah and I, I this came up on, on one of the other episodes but about you know the relationship we're in the longest is with ourselves so if we can't love ourselves then you know we're missing a trick so I do you know that whole thought about if that feels uncomfortable that's probably something where you need to lean in and and, and start looking inwards and start practicing a bit of self-compassion self-love self-belief self-esteem um but love is something that isn't instant either you know like mm. even people say that you know when they've had children do you know what I mean like yeah you have a bond with children you know and you have a you hopefully have a bond with your child straight away but that love grows mm. you know and so that also that love for ourselves will grow but you have to practice it like you practice everything else you know we wouldn't be able to walk and talk if we didn't practice it we wouldn't be able to study and learn if we didn't practice and so the love for ourselves is something that I think as women we really avoid doing because it kind of feels a bit uncomfortable kind of thing do you know what I mean and and certainly in the work that we do with girls and that mirror work is something that was a uh, a huge change in the pieces of work, the, the the workshops that we did and she is that we created, we, we took that idea and we then took that right into our programme so that our affirmations are at every check-in. You know, because we need to get into that practice and that routine of being, to being enough, mm-hmm. is to stay in that because that's that switch that you change. And it needs practice every day, you know what I mean? So... Yeah, I suppose with that practice, it's like it's like there's a journey, isn't there? So it's not, you know, rather than thinking that feels too uncomfortable, so I'm just going to not do it, you know, use language that feels probably more comfortable. So starting with like, you know, listing things you're good at or I'm great or I acknowledge this part of me or I like this part of me and build up, you know, from good to great to like to love. And like you say, the practice doesn't happen overnight but eventually you know over time you can get there but language I think is such a powerful thing and we I think the thing I I suppose there's lots of stuff out there about affirmations and the key is to be able to believe the thing that you're saying in the first place (laughs) um so yeah I do think I love that about it being um (laughs) being a practice the other thing um that you mentioned when you listed off all the influences I think I think you're bang on with loads of that Karen that's a whole other probably podcast episode in itself chatting about some of those things and the influence social media has on the world and and us as individuals but there's so much of that that is out with our control so it's like the and I know we've spoken about this before um it's thinking of um things like a concentric circles isn't it so the things you can control and the right in the middle of that is ourselves mm-hmm. and then out with that you know what can we influence and in, um within our own lives or our community and then what's further out that's just out with our control that mm-hmm. you know yes we might be able to chip away at it but at what detriment to our own well-being or our own mindset and understanding what the I suppose the boundaries are for for where we put our time and energy and effort isn't it but I love that when you said about starting with ourselves. But I do think that there's, because sometimes that can feel too, that you can feel quite disengaged to that, you know, like, mm-hmm. you know, can I really change sexism? Can I change how women are perceived in social media? Can I change it? But actually it's about, you can change it mm-hmm. because you can change how you think about it. Mm-hmm. 
and you can be truthful to yourself about that. Do you know what I mean? And you can also share that message with other people. And that's what we do through She, is changing that, you know, the kind of mindset of the young women that we work with is to think, right, you know, and, and again, holding that mirror up to say, well, is that right? Is that how you feel? Is that how somebody's made you feel? Do you think that's right? You know, and, and starting to, and to get them to question their, their, where their knowledge comes from, where their experience comes from, where their, um, you know, beliefs come from. Where does that come from? And I think there are things that you can change or certainly things that you can impact on, but it all comes back to self. It all comes back to how you engage with things and see things and feel things. And um, I think it's really important to understand that part of it. Mm. Yeah, I think, yeah, you're right. It's bringing some of those maybe more global or national issues and distilling them down into how, how can I show up in this area or in this subject matter with my behaviours, my thoughts, my relationships, my communication and taking, also, taking ownership. But also understanding that, which which comes right back to what I said earlier about kind of coming from yourself, is that these are bigger global issues that we're all dealing with, mm-hmm. male and female. Yeah. We're all dealing with these things. So there is a there is a. It could be very easy to internalize it and think it's me. Mm. me that's no managing it's me that's got this anxiety it's me that's not able to you know function or do something or or has whatever but actually to understand that actually it's not necessarily you yes the behavior comes from you Mm -hmm. but the other things are bigger and also have an impact on others which sometimes I think has been enlightening for other people is that they actually understand that actually they're not alone in this feeling mm-hmm. and there's power in that I think that you know that you can see that other people are experiencing it just the same yeah yeah absolutely and also that you know there's a, I can't remember exactly what the quote is but there's something around you know the same events are happening to all of us you know but we're all you know we've all come at it with a different background or experience or or mindset but how we respond to things is is our choice isn't it but again once you've done some of that internal work you've boosted you know your mindset you feel good about yourself it's far easier to respond probably in a more positive way than than maybe you would do if you hadn't done that work on yourself um because there's all but you know everyone and anyone has got challenges in their life and and no person's challenges are bigger or worse than others it is all relevant to what is happening to us but it's how do we deal with some of that and again it all comes back to the stuff that that you've been saying Karen with the work you do with the young women what's the you know you've been running projects and programs for four years now what's the result or impact that, that that these young women and girls experience doing all this work so we've kind of chatted about what it is we do I think there's the outcome I think there's different outcomes you know like um the circle time stuff that we do in primary schools and the main um outcome of that is that just that their their peer relationships are stronger and more positive and that they feel more confident and their self-esteem grows Um, and we see that within the program we run a 10 to 12 week program so we see that within the program that developing the difficulty is when you then not are there and not running that program that all of the other influences just come flooding back in again Mm. so that's something that's a tricky one so so you do see self-esteem growing you do see positive relationships you do see an understanding of themselves even at quite a young age um, you know, like sort of 12, 11, 12. And then our Mind, Body and Soul programme in our high schools, the biggest change I see in that is actually creating a space for the girls to talk about stuff that they've not necessarily got opportunity to do elsewhere. Mm. You know, um, and that's the biggest thing. You know, they, they, they share issues, they share concerns, they share their highs and their lows. Um, and that's the biggest change because for a lot of people that sharing isn't happening you know that even their even their friendships and close friendships are not necessarily 
um, three-dimensional. They're very one-dimensional. Do you know what I mean? They, they don't, and, they, and again, because of the use of IT and social media and stuff like that, they don't necessarily share their, their feelings. You know, they keep them very guarded. They won't do that. It seems to be like really negative to do that is to share. But within the groups, the sharing is, you know, and I often talk about that being the magic, the sharing is quite instant as long as you create the right environment and you engage with them, the right tools. So they're the changes and they're the differences you make. But ultimately, the biggest changes are for the women that we train up as mentors and ambassadors because they then can look back on their life and think, this is what I needed when I was 12, 13, 15, 16, whatever age. And I'm going to be that for somebody else. So that same superpower that I feel having created she and, and, and all of that, they then share that. And I had a, a woman, um, Sharon, her name is, she's lovely. She's done our ambassador programme and she's been volunteering with us in the summer. And it was lovely to hear her talk about somebody believing in her, you know, and somebody wondering how she is and asking her how she is every week. She was asked how she is, you know, and, and not just in a kind of flippant, tokenistic way. You know, people were gave her the space to say how she was feeling, mm. you know, and, and actually providing the, yeah, providing the space, but also the opportunity to, to make those connections with other people. And I think that's the biggest, the biggest outcome um, is that these women are absolutely sheroes. You know, they're... You know, when I set up she, she um, I used to say it wasn't a one-woman band. Um, and I definitely wanted to create a she army of women. And we've started that. And I don't see that slowing down. You know, and, and I great, again, it's great for women like yourself to join because you then bring your skills, your experience, your knowledge and yourself to this. And that's what I see with the other women. I see themselves developing and yeah oh Karen I mean the work that you guys do it just yeah it blows me away I love that and um, what I've had quite a few conversations recently and I've actually recorded a couple of other episodes for the podcast with men who are in the men's space um, and that is a really common theme you said it creating safe space to talk you know and and it and it seems that there's a real lack in society of that you know whether it's with young girls at school and that high school age uh, demographic or you know the men I've been speaking to about you know grown men needing space to talk it's just it's it's having the space and feeling supported in that space I suppose to be able to like you said share their feelings and and what's going on for them and their issues and their concerns and to also yes. feel listened to, I think that's the a big part of the, the safe space is no judgment, being listened to, being heard and seen. Mm -hmm. the, one of the things that we've changed over the last year, uh, we've been wanting to do it for a wee while, but we've definitely inputted it more this last year, has been our Champions of Change, where we work with boys and girls together. Mm -hmm. Recognising that a lot of the issues that, the, the girls have experienced you know at whatever age is there is a connection to males mm -hmm. whether that's in a good way or a bad way it's you know there's a connection and and also recognizing that you know females alone are not the only ones that dealing with you know self-esteem confidence etc cetera, etc cetera. but so we created champions of change as a as a space where boys and girls of primary school age could potentially hear each other and develop a more positive understanding of each other and how we think and how we act and all that kind of thing to see if there's any commonality there and any way of building a stronger peer relationship with them mm. which we would then hope would have an impact on their experience in that quite you know formable years with young with children, do you know what I mean? That kind of 11 and 12 age, that if they have a more positive experience in those peer relationships, that potentially has a positive experience moving forward mm -hmm. because they then understand each other. Um, you know, they, they understand the gender, they understand their, you know, all of the things that we experience, both male and female, 
um, yeah, and we be, kind of become just kinder to each other because the, the things that unfortunately are said, you know, both ways, I'll say, uh, are really quite graphic and quite, quite hard to hear. Mm. Um, and then you can understand why, you know, either gender would then think, well, that's what they are. That's what men are like. That's what boys are like. That's what girls are like. That's what women are like. Mm. We did a group last year where um, we brought men and women together to do an ambassador training. Mm-hmm. And it happened to be in partnership with Circle, um, but it didn't happen to be, it was in partnership with uh, Circle. And it happened to be that there was four men and four women. Um, and it was quite difficult at the beginning, uh, just again, group work process. But that, but what happened through that process was that the men understood the women and the women understood the men more. So personally, they knew each other more and they knew you know, about themselves and their lives and all of that. But the impact of that then went and it widened because they understood that not, not all men and not all women, but also that, that the other people experienced the same way. So, so their experiences of the opposite sex albeit sometimes really difficult and very challenging and for some really, really traumatic, it kind of helped them see it from a different way. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I'm explaining that properly, but it was really powerful to see that mm-hmm. and to see this group of adults actually, you know, change their mindset about each other and, and become more tolerant and more accepting of each other mm-hmm. um, because we, we created that space for that dialogue and that conversation. Yeah. And I do think there's more of that is needed. Yeah. We definitely think that's more is needed. Yeah, it's interesting. And I've certainly spoken to men um, in that kind of men's mental well-being, men's uh, circle space. Um, you know, they asked me, like, how, how do you think it's different as a woman? And I do, I've, I suppose my personal view there is power in that separate, you know, women supporting women, men supporting men, but equally, you know, maybe this is oversimplifying it a little bit, but we're all human. Mm-hmm. And like you say, if there is an acceptance or, you know, good listening, good quality conversation, zero judgment, mm-hmm. people showing up with their own self-awareness and awareness mm-hmm. of others, then we, we should be able to support each other on some of the challenges. Yeah. Like you say, a lot of the challenges are the same we might experience them slightly different in different gender roles that we play but again how much of the the gender norms or stereotypical behavior and mindset and language tracks back to early programming in childhood so it comes back to the work you're doing with with the young you know girls and boys so impactful to try and shift some of that narrative early on about you know boys are strong and tough and don't show up you know don't cry and we girls are pretty and it's all about aesthetic you know we grow up when then as adults to you know men struggle to share their emotions and and women are constantly you know thinking or worried or or mindful of their body image you know and it we wonder why as adults but you track it way back and it's the language that we're told as as little kids so yeah just coming on to that because I know um you are a real champion of it Karen yourself as are she but of of celebrating ourselves and celebrating women and our bodies and all of that good stuff I've I've had the pleasure to come along to some of your events where you've you've done that brilliantly um but talk to me about I suppose self-acceptance and maybe your experience or or how you see it play out with the young girls and women but how do we celebrate ourselves more and talk to him I'm fascinated about your view on this um we have there's still a struggle do you know what I mean I think there's an inner as you said programming that I don't know where it happens I'm sure it's when they cut the umbilical cord but it's like it just feels as though like no matter how much we know and how much we understand and how much we you know are grateful for who we are and all of that you still have days where you're like, oh, can you see my hairy chin? And like, do you know what I mean? And, and all of that, or am I going to be able to do that or stand up and do this or whatever? You still have days with that. Um, 
but it's about I suppose um, it's about practicing that every day and, and understanding that actually you are good enough you know and today has been enough you know um, and we've talked about that a lot and, and how we do that um, and I think that also <laughs> it's something that will be a life journey for me and for others you know I think that um, I would like to think that at some point you know I'll have full acceptance of myself and uh, you know flaws and all but I do definitely think that the work that I do helps me to feel like that about myself because I see you know I see the journey that people are taking I see the experiences through programs that I've worked hard to get funding for I've you know I see people joining boards or being part of a program that makes change you know I see a girl speaking up so all of that feeds my self-belief and my inner awareness of me and my the positive things of me but it's still really important for me to remember that myself that I am enough. I am able to be, do you know what I mean? So it's kind of like there's two parts of me. There's that inner part of me that still needs lots and lots of work done. And then there's a other part of me that promotes that with everybody else, but still struggles a little bit myself. Mm. Don't yeah. know if that is. No, yeah, you're, you're bang on. There's, a, there's almost a fine line, isn't there, between an act, the more I dive into some of this good stuff, um, from with for myself my own deep work but with others there's a lot of this is new so heavily nuanced between that feeling of being enough uh, mm-hmm. and it, and that self-acceptance mm-hmm. but still I suppose striving to be a little bit better tomorrow than we are today because on one hand they almost uh, like are in conflict with each other but actually there's that that kind of peace with who I am, what I've done, how I've showed up and been, you know, grateful and fulfilled and, and accepting of that. But it is still all right to go and, you know, learn the lessons, you know, uh, peel back more layers, do more healing, do more work on yourself, gain a new skill, improve in a certain area. But still with that sort of peace of I am enough, what, however I show up, I am enough. So I find it an interesting yeah balance between the two mm-hmm. and sometimes well maybe not sometimes but all of the time that'll that'll be like that because you know our inner I don't know, consciousness has been determined by our past experiences mm-hmm. so it's like if you were trying to be you know, if you've been a member of a cult for so long and then you're trying to reprogram your brain and that's something that's very difficult to do unless you focus heavily into that, mm-hmm. which, you know, is a luxury a lot of the times if, the, if you get the opportunity to do that. But also it's something that is really needed to, to make full change. Like going back to that change, you know, like if you want to make full change, you need to really dig deep in you and you need to make the change for you because then it's got a ripple effect. I believe it. it's got a ripple effect. Um, but unless you invest in that and unless you prioritise that and value that, then change will not be as big for you or might not even happen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it, it is so true, isn't it? You know, the it's that kind of cliche, like however whatever life you're living just now is is a, as a direct result of you know what you've what you've done before so you know our goals and actions are linked to our behaviors and our behaviors are linked to how we think and how we think is almost deep rooted in our you know a lot of the time in our subconscious which is based on any kind of past trauma or experiences or situations that we've been in so it is and I know you and I have both had our own journeys with that about diving deeper to I suppose to that taking that self-inquiry and self-curiosity to a whole nother level to make sense of our own worlds so that we can project forward and I think I do find that's the missing piece for a lot of people going after goals or creating changes they just project forward without taking any stock of 
you know, what might be holding us back or what stories am I telling myself that have come from a narrative, you know, from a past life, because I'm not showing up as that person anymore. But mm-hmm. I need to be aware of it and conscious of how that's impacting my thinking and my behaviour and my actions to really, like you say, go about making that sustained, impactful change. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's what I hope in some way the work that we do at She is about starting that journey and about encouraging that way of kind of looking inside <clears throat> and then just being able to support them to do that more and more and, and to be there to support because it can be really painful and it can be really um yeah really difficult and challenging to do that um, so you do need support around you when you do that because otherwise it can become a new narrative that isn't necessarily positive either mm. no. yeah you touched on um connection earlier Karen when you were chatting about um some of the different programs and the sheroes in the community that you've that you've built up and that will inevitably in the future keep growing your army of sheroes but I suppose community from from the work I've done and the you know the learning and and um, insight is just that I suppose community is so important to our own joy and happiness you know we're tribal beings we're meant to be with people and I suppose not that I like to mention the C word very often, but over the last couple of years, there's probably been a real lack of connection in its physical sense, but probably maybe has amplified that virtual connection and, and the, the relationship we all have with social media. Um, but how, I suppose, how important do you see community and what's that, I suppose, what are the dangers of the social media? I know there's, it's a huge topic in itself, but what's your take on on in-person, virtual, the dangers of social media, all that sort of stuff. We'll have a bit of dialogue about that. I, I believe that the last two years, well, two, nearly three years, mm. have um, really had a huge, and will continue to have a huge impact on how we are as social beings. Mm. Mm-hmm. Kind of, I think that's why people struggled with it as well, because we are social beings you know, yes, some of us are introverts, some of us are more outgoing, etc. kind of thing, but to be told that we couldn't see people and you couldn't physically be around people, I think there was something that that really disconnected us. And I think that that's why, why people struggled so much. You know, I struggled, I know that other people struggled with their mental health and even their purpose in life. You know, people's jobs stopped. And they had been doing those jobs for a long time. Do you know what I mean? And yes, we had really good weather and maybe people were on furlough and stuff like that. But actually what feeds you is sometimes is through who you are and what you do every day, whether you're a bus driver or whether you're a counsellor or whatever you are, that feeds your your sense of self and who you are. And when that went, I think people really wobbled. And I don't mm-hmm. think we'll recover from this quickly and I think that the other danger of it well maybe danger is a bit stronger word but the other thing that potentially could come out of that is actually people more anxious to connect with people you know so we're still we're still struggling a little bit you know like I don't know about yourself but when if you're going anywhere and like what are you meant to do you meant to wear a mask no meant to wear a mask you meant to you know what I mean and even just we were talking about this the other day about um children and young people mm-hmm. The impact on them will be life changing. Mm-hmm. Is is life changing? Do I mean from the point of view of they've missed out two years of education? You know they'll never get that back. Never, and you know what I mean. So learning, their 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 learning of others, their social skills. I would really love to do a piece of research about children that are in first and second year in high school with regards to or to find out what they're all struggling with. Because I can guarantee you that there'll be huge amounts of difficulty, anxiety, social anxiety, um, peer relationships, violence, language. There's all of that is happening. We see that every, every day in the work that we are doing. And if you take that as a global thing, or even if you just took it as a Scotland-wide thing, do you know what I mean? That needs to be looked at because 
that's happened and that is continuing to happen, but the supports are not there for it. You know, schools still continue to do what they do. You know, other organisations still, and they, you know, do what they do. But there's a huge gap in support there for that because we've all just went. It's like somebody's switched a switch, and we've all went back to normal. But our lives have been on hold for the last nearly three years. You know, we've had huge differences in how we live our life, where we live our life. You know, um, who's in our life. You know, all of that. We've but we're all just expected to just to be able to go back on that conveyor belt and trundle along with life. Mm-hmm. Whereas some of us, maybe not so much our generation, but certainly a younger generation, have they've not had the opportunity to learn all that. Mm-hmm. We at least had the opportunity to learn things before before that happened. Some of them haven't. Mm-hmm. So I was talking to a mum the other day there who's got a wee baby who's uh, coming up for two. And um, she was talking about she the baby can't read faces because it's not seen faces. Mm. Only seen, only seen a part of her face. Mm. So the baby itself has difficulty with managing its emotions because it can't, you know, it can't. It's not it's really seen emotion because yeah. you have to, see it, don't you? You can feel it, but you'll see it. Um, mm. And I think that that itself like you talk about the C word, is the thing that we will struggle to get over. And we'll see more of that impact negatively Mm. um, at the same time as not enough support there to deal with it. Mm. I mean, mean, it circles us right back, doesn't it, to that empowering ourselves? Because I think um, if we can do that self-reflection and self-awareness about where we need support, you know, if the support, you know, if the support structures aren't in place and it's about how do you go and seek that for your own well-being and your own mindset? Because I think you're right. I think, the, the, with, you know, there's lots of stuff happening in the world and there always will be. And how that um, changes the way we live our lives. But, you know, there's so much of how we live hasn't changed. You know, like, you know, I, I know we've had chats about this, but, like, you know, like the school system... Mm-hmm. is it uh, this is my personal opinion but is it really fit for modern society when you know life is very very wildly different now to how it was you know with e- even when I was at high school you know what am I 34 you know the mm-hmm. use of technology social media all of that sort of stuff life's very different you know the jobs that people I was at school with probably left to go and get maybe don't even exist anymore you know industries are changing so it's almost like we can't you know, as humans, we're trying to um, we're trying to make sense of our external world, but it's moving at such a rapid pace. And for for adults, I'm sure that can be overwhelming, but for young children, it, it must just be mind blowing sometimes. So, yeah, and the learning and the skills that you have through those educational pathways aren't necessarily the skills and and learning that you need. Do you know mm. what I mean? And, and if that's if if over the last three years if we've not known that before, we know it now because that's what we needed. We needed kindness and support and love and caring and uh, working together, and we needed all of that because everything else doesn't matter mm. in some ways. Do you know what I mean if you've got a degree, you've got nat fives, if you've got this or whatever kind of thing, the job markets are so different now that actually that, as you said, isn't fit for purpose. Mm. But, and the but is, it would be a radical change. <laughs> yeah. Huge change. And I think that people are not ready for that change because mm. that's scary, isn't it? Mm. Oh, what? You're not going to do that. You're going to do this. And I think that there's focus of that happening if you look at things like um, outside schools and stuff like that now, you know, the like environmental stuff, mm-hmm. looking at alternative schooling, you're looking at uh, opportunities that, you know, like apprenticeships, all of that. There's change there. It's happening, but it's very soft. Mm-hmm. And to do any change that is would need would need us and again I did 
nobody, nobody actually listened to me, but I just said, I think we should, and with regards to COVID and education, I think we should have all went back, like in schools and stuff, they should have went back to where they left. Mm. And because how how can you walk if you've not been taught to walk? Do you know what I mean? Like, you're just like, like, just walk. You've not been taught to walk. You've not been taught these pronouns or English things, but now you're doing them because that's what you do in third year, but you've never taught them in first and second year because you've been out of school. Mm. So it's just, to me, they should have just went back and taken the flack for it and taken the, the, you know, the ridicule and all that, but it would have provided the foundations. And we know that without foundations, life can be a big challenge, mm. whether that's the foundations of love and kindness and, you know, family, et cetera, kind of thing, or the foundations of, I don't know, fractions. If you can't, if you don't know the foundations of it, you're never going to be able to do it. Yeah. Yeah. God, we could get into a whole whole other episode about the schooling system. And it, I, there's aspects of stuff that you said that I wholeheartedly agree with. And it's that classic, loads of people say this, but, you know, I've never needed to do Pythagoras since my, you know, maths, whatever it was, I did exam. But, you know, things like learning about, you know, how to be a kind human, how to communicate properly, how to deal with conflict, how to be a leader, how to, all of these skills that I've, say that, say that again, Karen. Put your washing machine on. Yeah. My grandson. Just learn how to put the washing washing machine on. Yeah. How to, yeah. How to do all these things. Yeah. They are life skills and the life skills are bigger and will be more impactful than learning skills mm. and that type of formal learning anyway. Yeah. I suppose that some of the, the, the things I was mentioning around those yeah softer skills is some of the um, you know it's why we rely on organizations like She Scotland to come in and support young women and girls with with all of that other good stuff that is absolutely life-changing for them rather than focusing on Pythagoras theorems and all that sort of stuff but Karen like we've covered so much ground in that so thank you so much for your time but if there's any um I'm sure we've got lots of different um, like men and women listening but for the women listening if they and arguably men because like we've said some of them some of it is um, similar across both genders but if people were going to embark on their own empowerment journey where do they start they'll they'll start with themselves they start with listening to themselves they start with thinking what you want your life to be like you know what your day to be like even your hour to be like use the the tools that are out there because we are and you know in some ways we are very fortunate there are a lot of tools out there there's a lot of amazing people like yourself Nicola yeah, like She Scotland and other organizations that will help and support you on that journey of knowing yourself you know get support from the start of it you know get yourself a good journal or a book or a pen or, or whatever get yourself a wee purple pen whatever you want um start small you know baby steps it's always a way forward um and i think that that journey of empowerment and change does really start with you and it should go at the, at the pace that you want it to go at mm. as well because if you try and do things too quickly then it can be a different type of change and it can bring other things into it. So I think doing it at a steady pace, doing it with knowledge, with love and with yourself will ultimately bring you joy and bring you happiness. Amazing. Karen, thank you so much for that. That was, um, yeah, it's always a pleasure to, to chat to you. And I know you and I could chat for hours, but we'll wrap it there for this episode. Thank you so much for listening. I really hope you enjoyed that episode and make sure you subscribe and follow the podcast so that next week you can join us again.